This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Senior Executives Association has launched a first-ever awards program for its members, federal senior executives. The thinking is the Presidential Rank Awards program is fine as far as it goes, but it leaves many worthy people unrecognized. Here with more on the program, SCA President Bob Corsi. Bob, good to have you back. Thank you for having me. Tell us about this program. What is the uh, genesis of it, and what do you hope to accomplish with it? Well, it was about a year ago when our board of directors made the decision that it was long overdue for SCA to have its own awards program. You know, we looked out there what we had, and as you mentioned, you know, presidential rank awards were very limited. And then we also looked at what other awards were out there, and then you had the Sammies. But again, very limited in terms of the individuals that, you know, actually submitted or were submitted for those type of awards. So we thought it was about time that that we have our own awards program. And, you know, what we were looking for is we wanted to recognize all the senior civilians in equivalents, you know, so it'd be not only the senior executive service, but senior leaders, senior scientific, and also those that are equivalents throughout the agencies. And we wanted to make sure that the award, you know, looked at the achievements that embodied what SCA's mission-driven expectations were for meritorious federal executive professional service. You know, we wanted to recognize executive exemplary, executive leadership, and outstanding professional performance on a major project with agency or department-wide impact that clearly exceeded the expectations in the agencies. We wanted to start it off small, so we looked at starting with three specific categories of award for for our first go. The first was for Outstanding Senior Executive Professional of the Year Award, and the recipient of this award would recognize for outstanding overall contribution and fundamental advancement in their particular field and functional responsibility, and all of this was for the previous calendar year. We also wanted to have an award that recognized the spirit of excellence in diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. You know, recipients of this award are recognized for outstanding work in diversity, equity, inclusion, to include efforts combating sexual harassment in the workplace and making their functional area or agency more inclusive and diverse, again, for the previous fiscal year or calendar year. We then wanted to have an award that recognized lifetime achievement. So we set up the third one was for a Senior Executive Professional Lifetime Achievement Award. And the recipients of this are recognized for sustained excellence over the career of the employee. And this is primarily reserved for employees that are eligible for or pending retirement. So those are the three categories of awards that that we established. And will there be more than one person in each of those categories, or is that just the one per, so three people this year? We're looking at three people this year. Got it. And how are you getting the word out to the agencies? I mean, who can nominate? Let's start there. And how are you you going to promulgate it so that you get nominations? so, So we started the process already, you know, in terms of starting to go out you know, through the the networks and going out in the, in, you know, other forms of media that announcing the award. We've also going to have the process of announcing it to the Chicos. We've already shared it with, with OPM that we were doing this. But in January, we hope to do kind of a full blitz, 
going out to all the Chicos, going out with formal announcements to the agency announcing the award with the criteria. And we'll do that during the month of January. Who can make a nomination for this? So any agency or department, you know, can nominate the individual. Uh, Again, it has to go through that agency chain, you know, and we're expecting that the head of the agency or a designated representative within the agency would be submitting the nomination of that individual. We're speaking with Bob Corsi, president of the Senior Executives Association, and how will the nominees be judged? We'll have the the period for the uh, nomination period open from January through the end of April. So we'll close it out, say, on the 1st of May. You know, we have a committee that would be established. The chairman of the board would establish uh, a committee of three of our board members. And we will possibly tap some of our members of our Distinguished Executive Advisory Network. Those are SCA members that have previously received presidential rank awards that could be part of that committee. And they will go through the process and they will have a determine the criteria to evaluate everybody and make a recommendations to the board of directors as to their selection. Time-wise, we would expect the announcement of the winners to be in the October time frame. Got it. And if someone is already a presidential rank recipient in any of the years past, does that pretty much rule them out for these awards? It rules them out if they received it within the past five years. And the presidential rank awards program for the meritorious and and the presidential rank, they come with a nice piece of change, a certain percentage of your salary that's pretty good. Will there be any kind of cash award for this, or is this going to be the uh, Lucite statue? Well, it will be a very nice embossed certificate, and we and if they're not a member of SCA, we'll give them a complimentary membership for, for a year. No, there's no big money involved. <laughs> but uh, do you expect to have some form of backup or recognition from OPM that you mentioned uh, you cleared it with them, or the White House? Would you like to get a little bit of, I don't know, let's say acknowledgement from the higher-ups? I mean, that would be nice, but, that's, but they have the presidential rank awards and And, you know, we just hope that, and and they have, you know, they've announced it, and we just hope that the White House does right, you know, for all of those PRA award winners. But we don't see that as part of our recognition. Therefore, there's no corporate sponsors or that type of thing, like, say, the Sammies has big money behind it. No, no, we're not looking at that. Not not for this first go-around. I mean, it may build over time, but initially we just see it, you know, as we just discussed you know, it's going to be the certificate and uh, the one-year membership. And is your sense among members that you've heard from that this is a good thing, they're glad to see this? The sensing is it's long overdue. And also you have small agencies that don't have necessarily the money to submit their good candidates for a presidential rank award because the organization has to be able to pay out those large awards. So we're hoping that, you know, for those small departments and agencies, that they now have an opportunity to get their individuals recognized. Yeah, that's a good point. The White House is happy to give out the presidential rank awards, but they don't pay for the awards. The the agency does. The agency has to make sure that they have the money, and it's normally paid in that last month of the fiscal year when people are normally, you know, trying just to get to the end of the year. So... Uh, so, yeah, the money will not be involved. So in some ways, this is more of like a peer-to-peer type of award, you might say. Uh, it is, you know, uh, 
but again, it's it's also it's that recognition. I mean, you talk about the PRA, then you know the numbers. The max is like five percent for meritorious, one percent for the uh, distinguished. And if you look at the number of SESs, that could probably be somewhere in the area of about four hundred. But as you well know, the recent you know release of the awards, they're recognizing two hundred and thirty of those. So it's about half of the maximum that are allowed. We're looking forward to to a great number of, of submissions, and uh, and we're hoping that we can build on this in the future. Well, we're glad to help you get the word out. Bob Corsi is president of the Senior Executives Association. Thanks so much. All right, Tom. Thanks a lot for having me. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the president and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual actual, uh, afloat commands. Uh, The first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, And then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm I'm currently retired and enjoying life. And um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style? And how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, It's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin and what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where what you can do to help them. Uh, I, 
We'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it um, from C to the C-suite. Fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career. But really, it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it was, it was you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Uh, absolutely. Um, what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions, uh, do what you think is right, and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And, and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes, when I was at Navy Federal, I would tell C-stories. Uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment. And it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. 
and I might add that um, any proceeds from the book, Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons and in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And, and uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I, I, I would like to add one thing if I could, Shane. Um, during my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect, thank you. Yeah, we, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is, is continuous, it's nonstop and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And, and I can tell you from the US Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler. And to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast, we'll see you next time. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.